Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we conclude our study of the book of Judges uh, with chapter 21. And um, as we have felt throughout this entire book, the descent of the people into chaos, murder, uh, rape, um, idolatry, just about every type of, of immorality imaginable, um, it doesn't get much better in this chapter, um, although the one thing we do seem to feel in this chapter is that there is a feeling that the people have that they want to improve and they want to improve under God, but the, the, they have no guidance and the way that they try to improve themselves simply is even more violent than before. So you get the feeling that there is a, some sort of a groundswell of a desire for unity, a desire for uh, loyalty to God, a desire for morality, but you know which, uh, but 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 it seems to be uh, completely uh, misled. Without any appropriate leadership, it it just seems to unravel even further. Uh, we just finished studying chapter twenty, in which we read of the decimation of the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, by the other tribes, by the other tribes who were avenging the death of the concubine who was so awfully and brutally uh, raped and murdered. Um, so there was a sense of, of righteous indignation. Some of it was righteous, but it led to the destruction of the tribe of Benjamin. It led to murder. Um, it just led to civil war. So uh, we're just... You know, and, and the, the, the descent continues in chapter 21. And all of the people of Israel, the men of Israel, they all swore at Mitzpah. Mitzpah was where they had all gathered to, uh, to attack Benjamin. They made us, they swore. It's not clear if they swore this after the battle. It seems like they would have made this, um, this oath. Uh, prior to the battle, that Ishmi Bito that not a single one of us will ever give his daughter to the anyone in the tribe of Benjamin, Leisha, as a wife. In other words, when they were going out to battle with Benjamin, they swore not to um, allow any of their families to intermarry with the tribe of Benjamin. Now, uh, now they kind of start to regret this because and the people of the nation came to Beit El. The question is whether Beit El is referring to Shiloh, to the place where the Mishkan, where the tabernacle stood, or Beit El is a different place where they just came to worship and it's being called Beit El because the worshiping there, the word Beit El means the place of God. Um, that's discussed by the commentaries, um, simply meaning it's a different location. Otherwise, it would call it Shiloh, as we see later in this chapter where it uses the term Shiloh. Um, and they settled there until the evening. They they sat there until the evening. before God. and they raised their voices. and they cried this terrible cry. What was they crying about? and they said, Why, O God of Israel, Lord God of Israel, has this happened among Israel? That one entire tribe is now taken away, is, is now missing. An entire tribe is missing from, from the tribes of Israel, from the nation of Israel. So they're starting to feel and realize the tragedy of what has just happened, of what has just occurred. 
The um, glaring here is the complete and total lack of leadership. There isn't a single individual who speaks, who talks, who guides, who who speaks and speaks to God. The people are before God, but there's no one. We don't we don't have we had we had the 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 man whose wife was killed. You know, a little bit spoke to the people and got them riled up. But that he wasn't speaking as a guide. He wasn't telling. He wasn't trying to lead them in the right direction. It's just the people. There's no one in charge. Not a prophet. Not a king, and not even the high priest. Who is presumably when they were when it says in the last chapter they asked of God and received an answer. They were referring to the high priest to the Urim Betumim, which is the breastplate that the priest would wear, which through which he would provide answers. But but again, there's no quotation. There's no the high priest himself didn't didn't say anything, didn't do anything, didn't lead anything. Just the people themselves. and the next day came and the people got up after spending the day before and the night crying before God. they built an altar there. and they brought on the altar olot and shlamim question of course being is if this is a different location during the time that the tabernacle stayed at Shiloh there should there isn't supposed to be sacrifices in other places but this shouldn't surprise us given the state of the people um, the idea of a centralized location where where everyone unites to serve God together in unity as opposed to scattered locations with all kinds of um, uh, which which can lead to all the, to uh, lead to Fighting which would lead to segregation, which would lead to to eventually immorality as well, as we saw with the Pesel Micha, the the uh, which was the idol that was built by Micah several chapters ago. But so it shouldn't bother us really that much that the people here, as much as they seem to want to do the right thing, they don't really know or understand what the right thing is because no one is here leading them to tell them that. So they figure, okay, building an altar. And bringing sacrifices to God would then therefore be the right thing to do, even though we know it's not. So then the people of Israel said, and this is verse 5, Who among the entire congregation of all the tribes of Israel has not joined us to come? And uh, before God, and in this righteous fight, they still viewed themselves, of course, as having fought the battle for God, for God's honor. Who didn't show up with everyone else? Ki So this great oath that we all took not to marry into Benjamin, el Adonai You must right. I'm sorry. This this oath is referring to it's another oath. This great oath with, that we had made was that also that anyone that does not come and join us in this battle against Benjamin should be put to death. Remember, the tribe of Benjamin themselves were invited to join. We pointed that out early. And the tribe of Benjamin themselves chose not to join and rather chose to rally around and defend the perpetrators of this awful act. The, the, the people originally had expected that even the tribe of Benjamin themselves would join in order to expunge this evil. And then this whole civil war never would have happened. But the people of Benjamin were then, for the most part, put to death. Only the survivors that are still around now, which they do not want to kill them because then there would be nothing left of the tribe of Benjamin. 
And this is pointing out, again, the verse 6, it's saying this for the reason because you, one might think that the tribe of Benjamin should therefore be put to death, but now it's saying, but the people of Israel had now, they, they had a change of heart regarding Benjamin, their brother. They felt compassion towards them. And they said, today a tired tribe from the people of Israel has been destroyed. So, those that are left, and they had already slaughtered the towns, the families of the Benjaminites. So what are we going to do in order for them to rebuild? We need to marry, they need to marry women. Now where are they going to get women from? And we've already sworn by God's name not to give our daughters to them as wives. Now there's a lot um, that's not, um, that's messed up over here because uh, what a person cannot make a, a if if a, if a woman is an already an adult, right? She can choose herself to marry a Benjaminite, right? It's not a a a a, a man can make can swear not to give his daughter, but at least according to biblical law, if she's not yet an adult, he is then able to give his daughter uh, to someone else as a wife. Um, but if she is an adult, he has no right to give her away. So this 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 shavua simply doesn't work. But again, the fact that the people here don't understand biblical law does not mean, again, should not surprise us, because we're not dealing with people who to whom biblical law is is well known and being well practiced. And this point is is being made over and over again repeatedly. So the fact that they violated biblical law again should not be a surprise. So they immediately said, "Who from among the tribes of Israel, Asher lo mitzvah, that has not come up before God to mitzvah to join us?" They said, "Who from among the tribes has not come?" And they realized, "Oh, from the town of Yavesh Gilad." There, they, none of them have come to join us in the congregation. Everyone else from everywhere else joined, but they didn't. Now, in their minds, that would mean that they are traitors. They're siding with Benjamin. They did not join, and therefore they should be put to death. Again, the logic of this doesn't make that much sense because Benjamin themselves, they're allowing to live. And what they're about to do to the people of Yavesh Gilad is going to be awful. And they counted it out to make sure that this was true. And they saw that within the entire group, there was no one that had showed up from the town of Yavesh Gilad. So therefore, the group, the people, the community sent of them, 12,000 soldiers, and they commanded them as follows destroy and slaughter the people of Yavesh Gilad by the sword and the women and the children this is what we see the descent to which the people have sunk without leaders, without guidance this is what mass justice is being meted out by by people that are clearly not motivated by uh, a true sense of justice. So by Imtu, just like the idol of Micah led to the slaughter of an innocent town, which was pointed out several chapters ago, 
this righteous uh, indignation has now le- it led to the slaughter of another innocent town. I'm sorry, I skipped the verse 11. These were their instructions. This is what you should do. Every male and every woman who has been married to a male should be destroyed. However, but if there's a female, a woman who has not yet been wedded to a man, then you uh, then keep her alive. And among them there were four hundred uh, 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 virgin young women. that had not yet uh, been with a man. By a view, Shiloh, and they brought them to the camp which was in Shiloh, Asher Eretz Kenan, which was in the land of Kenan. This, in, in some readings, could indicate to the camp Shiloh um, uh, that 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 Shiloh is the same as Beit El, um, uh, which is kind of confusing because Shiloh and Beit El are two different places. Um, or it could be that they brought them to another camp, Shiloh, um, uh, which is in the land of Canaan. In other words, it's no, no, seeming noted, noting that they may have moved or may be meeting now in a different location. So the, they sent messengers, the, the, the community sent messengers and to speak to the sons of Binyamin who are now hiding out in the place of Sela, Rimon, the caves in this place uh, in, the, in the rocky area of Rimon. And they called out in peace. They came, um, uh, you know, proclaiming, we're not here to fight, we're not here to kill you, we're here in peace. So Vayashav Binyamin Baisahi. So Binyamin then came back, knowing that the battle was over, no more killing would take place, and they gave them these 400 women, that they allowed to live, from the women of the town of Yavishkilad, but they did not find enough. In other words, the 400 wasn't enough for all of the Benjaminites to marry, but some of them now had wives. Again, it emphasizes that the people had now uh, made up with, they had now befriended their Benjaminite uh, brethren. Because God had made a break, a, 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 a fault line in among the tribes of Israel, but now it had been um, repaired. There, there had been a breach, but this breach had been repaired. Interestingly, um, how the verse here says because that God had made this parrots, God had made this breach. Um, while uh, and uh, as we read the story, it was not God that made this breach; it was the people that made this breach. Um, um, uh, uh, but it, it, it was, um, however, the people made this, did this. This came about through the behavior and the actions all the way from the beginning of the story until now, of all of the people involved, each thinking that they were doing God's desire. Um, Verse 16, And the elders of the community said, What are we going to do for the rest of the Benjaminites to give them wives? Because there are no women left in the tribe of Benjamin. They have all been killed. And they said, Yerushat Yamin. There must be a, uh, a, 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 a group of, of a remnant of Benjamin 
that will save them. So that a tri- entire tribe of Israel should not be erased. And we cannot give them our, our, our daughters as wives. Because the people of Israel swore that cursed is he who gives a, a wife to Benjamin. And they said, There is a holiday of God, a chag, a feast of God that takes place in Shiloh. It's been happening year after year. And this place of Shiloh, which is to the north of Beitel, again identifying Shiloh as a different location as Beitel. Um, it, uh, to the, the east, east of the road, the road that goes from Beitel to Shechem. And in Shiloh, they have this uh, special uh, feast for God. Uminegev Lebona, it's south of Lebona. And Vayetzavuat Bnei Binyamin Lemar. Exactly what feast this is, the verse doesn't identify. The commentary is associated with various feasts of the year. But uh, every year the feast takes place. Uh, presumably one of the, of the three festivals where people gather at the house of God, at the tab- tabernacle. So they told the people of Benjamin Lamar saying, bakramim. Go and and lie in wait and kinda hide among the vineyards there. and you'll see that during the festival the the women and the girls from Shiloh will come and dance out, out in the vineyards. Apparently this was what they were do, that the women did in order to celebrate part of the celebration of the holiday. akramim. And you'll jump out of the vineyard and you'll just grab one. Uh, uh, each guy will grab a wife from the daughters of Shiloh and you'll take her to the land of Benjamin and so you have a wife. If their fathers or their brothers come to argue with us and they say right? uh, uh, we will say at Alehem to them, Chanunu Osam, be nice to them. Kilola Kachnu Ish Ishto Bamilchama, because because um, we could not, um, uh, each one of us could not get the a wife because of the war. That's this is what you Benjaminites should answer. Be you know, Kiloa Temnis Atemlehem Keith Teshamu, because. Uh, you could not give them to us because then you would have been sinning. You would have been violating your vow. But since we took them, therefore it was okay. The obvious uh, immorality and difficulty with this is obvious. But again, this is not meant to be a guide for how to solve such problems. Um, This is just meant to tell us the level to which the people had descended. And Vayasu Kain Benevin and this is what the Benjaminites did, Nashim and they each well then therefore each one of them was able to find the wife, Minha Mikholot Asher Gazolu, from those that were dancing that they had stolen. Lest you think that the verses here approves of this plan, it's important to note that the verse here says Asher Gazalu, that they had stolen. That stolen gazel is never a positive word. It is a criticism. It is a critique. Uh, lest one 
think that that um, that there's some logic and that the logic that the people used has some justification for it be clear that the verse is condemning this logic and they went and they returned to their homes and they rebuilt their cities and lived among them and then from there the people of Israel left in that time each person went back to his tribe and to his family and they, everyone left there back to their own inheritance this gives you the sense that def- despite the fact that the only real silver lining out of this whole thing was that there was a semblance of unity and a semblance of unity and a desire to do God's will and to avenge uh, 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 the death of, uh, and, and, and to punish them for this horrible act. But you get the re- sense here that, that just for this, they did manage to get together in unity, but immediately when the story was over, everyone went back to his tribe, to his family, and all the unity went poof. And the last verse of the book is also a lead into the next book. The next book is the book of Kings. Um, I'm sorry, is the book of Samuel, in which we read of finally the uh, uh, the people uh, anointing a king and a, and a leader, um, and and it ends with a, a theme which has been repeated several times by Amimahem in those days. Ein melech Israel, there was no king in Israel, and ish hayashar say each person did whatever he thought was right. This points out many, many points. One, the point which we've been repeating, over, especially this chapter, that people did what was Yashar Be'enov, what they thought was right. So don't try to learn lessons from what they're teaching you and think that this is any way, shape, or form right. What they did was not right in many cases, in, in most cases in this book, because there is no leadership, there was no guidance, and everyone did what they thought was right, as opposed to what God wanted them to do, as opposed to what the Torah teaches them to do. Everyone did what they thought they should do. And it, it, places, it also places the blame. Why is this? Because Ein Melech be Israel, there was no king in Israel to guide them and to enforce appropriate behavior. Whether it's to guide or enforce, we'll see as we understand the concept of kingship as we shall see as it plays out uh, when we study the book of Samuel next. Um, thank you so much for studying this book of Judges together. Um, it's been a very difficult book. It's been a hard book to read. It's been one of, of pain, suffering, murder, uh, violence, rape. Um, uh, it, it's not a book, uh, but there were inspiring moments. We noticed uh, the, the leadership of Devorah, the leadership of, of some of the earlier judges uh, who, who stood up to evil, who led the people uh, uh, you know, so there were some some shining lights, but for the most part, by the time this book is over, we're left very depressed. And I, I do want to make a, a, a last point before we leave this book, and that is is that it is clear that the Bible, that the Torah, is is put this book here in order for us to be humble. That when we think of ourselves as a people. And how great and lofty and lucky we are as the chosen people to bring this message of God, to bring justice and righteousness to the world. And we look back at our own heritage, we need to look back at this part of our heritage too. And look back at the fact that many times our ancestors failed and failed miserably.
to lead a just and righteous life. We need to understand that we all can fail, and we can fail miserably. We can make little failures, and we can make big failures. And if we don't correct our little failures like they failed to in the beginning of this book of Judges, we may end up making big failures like we find in the end of this book of Judges. And the key is to find the proper guidance, the guidance that is given to us in the Torah on how to live a just and righteous life. And, ho and, and hopefully we'll find in the next book as people try through the leadership tries to set the people on the right path not 100% successfully and far from it. We'll find failures even when there is leadership, even when there is kings. But the, uh, the, the quest for justice, the quest for righteousness, the quest for the way the Torah wants us to live is what the Torah is all about. Thank you so much again. Looking forward to studying the next book together. Have a wonderful day.